0: Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams Don't surrender, there is more than it seems Hold on and fight, follow your heart This is your way, love is what you make of it Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani, along with my
1: Oh, beautiful
0: Meditative daughter and co-host Lauren <laughs> Simonian <laughs> welcoming you to another session of self-coaching where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Hello, my meditative monkey of a daughter.
1: Hello. I like the way that your bell is sort of uh, highlighting your your speech. Let's see. It's coming, isn't it? <laughs> it's like punctuating.
0: Did it sound like, last week it sounded like a, a clunking thing. Did it sound more like a, a bell this week? Is it? Singing? No, you're
1: still clunking.
0: It's not singing. Sorry. No. no,
1: it's certainly not singing.
0: You know what today's topic is by any chance? Did you um, happen to read the six volumes I sent over to you last night?
1: I, I you know, I skimmed it. <laughs>
0: Well, we are talking about surrendering to life's inevitable challenges rather than controlling them. Mm. And you're you're not a you're not a controlling person, are you?
1: I've actually worked really hard at the surrender piece <laughs> because my spiritual boyfriend, Eckhart Tolle, speaks to surrender often and he challenges his readers or listeners to practice surrender when you're in places that you can't control, like, for instance, in a traffic jam. So if you can't, if you know that you're stuck there um, and you can actually just allow yourself to surrender to that situation um, instead of trying to fight against it, he often says it's like a perfect time to practice mindfulness or present presence well, instead well, they, of trying to fight it.
0: Well, there you go. Now, what I would recommend, maybe you and I could get in the business of selling these little singing bowls. Just have one with you in the car. Okay. And then you and I, you're stuck in traffic. We're going over the Cross Bronx Expressway, and we're just sitting there.
1: Where and are we going?
0: Take. it doesn't matter because life yeah. is a journey. Okay. And and we just take out our singing bowl and we.
1: Oh, that one sounded good.
0: Really, and that's and that will make that moment bring that mindfulness. See, that's what you're saying, right? Is we. At least that's my interpretation of what you're saying. Because I never right. know what the heck you're saying, but I, I I usually reflect on it quite a bit. But but let's 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 talk a little bit about surrender. But I'd like to introduce it, if if you don't mind, first with a song of the day, and it's called "Brother, Can You Spare Me a Dime?" You can, would you spare me a dime if I asked? Of course. But anyway, let let's play that song. Brother, okay. can you spare me a dime? Ready?
1: ready.
0: They used to tell me I was building a dream with peace and glory ahead. Why should I be standing in line just waiting for bread? Brother, can you spare a dime? So let let me just read a few words from the verse. Uh, They used to tell me I was building a dream with peace and glory ahead. Why should I be standing in line just waiting for bread? Brother, can you spare me a dime? So we have an inevitable crisis back in 1929. That was the crash of the stock market. And with that, the whole world was cast into a world global depression. We have COVID which is not dissimilar in in its catastrophic uh, effect globally. And then we have more local catastrophes. One recently that just came through our neck of the woods, uh, Hurricane Ida. Mm -hmm. And these are inevitable consequences of living on this planet. And how we handle these consequences are what we're going to be talking about today. So I'm going to ask you to start out. I know that that in our town, Hurricane Ida just passed through last week, and tell us about the devastation with the uh, school system.
1: Yes, our high school and middle school both were flooded, four feet of water throughout the whole school, and just completely devastated, so they had to close school. It was, I mean, a day before the school was supposed to open, uh, this came through, so we found out. The morning of and everything that was in the school, all things that teachers, you know, years and years of planning that they had in their classroom is just literally washed away. Hmm. Uh, and then, you know, for the students and teachers, they, they can't return to school. It's, it's back to virtual instruction and there's hmm. an indefinite timeline.
0: So, yeah. you know, this whole thing with Zoom. I mean, it's a facsimile of life, but it isn't life. Never, it never can replace life. So, you know, our world uh, is very different because of things like Ida.
1: Yeah, so, and also just to mm-hmm. like piggyback on that, in when you think about Zoom replacing class classes, uh, you miss out on all the in-between things that kind of makes high school, high school, you know, like all the hallway conversations and the after school hangouts and all of those things. And I think it's true for adults too. You know, I've transferred from some in-person things to online versions of different classes and gatherings. And it's not the same because you can't have like little side conversations and you, you lose a lot of opportunities for connection when you're on a screen. It's just, it's Mm -hmm. almost impossible
0: but this whole thing with zoom and the whole thing with covid and all of that let's use that as an example when when we resist well first of all let's let's look at the word surrender before we go on uh it's it's usually a dirty word for most people because it it kind of connotes uh giving up you know handing yourself over to the enemy defeat but you and I are using that term very differently right
1: yes i think in our in our term it's like you're not giving up to the enemy, but you're you're giving up to faith or to the universe or to a power greater than yourself to sort of know that you can't control what's happening.
0: Yeah, I mean, surrender for, you know, some people might think it just sounds lame uh, or even scary. Uh, so it, it seems to be opposite of what we're trying to do in life. You know, we're always seeking to control. So we don't like uncertainty, and we certainly don't like to surrender to uncertainty, control, you know, I always go crazy with that word control. And and we try to do that with our routines, our schedules, our systems, we try to take control over our health, our diets, our exercise programs. So we are control oriented. But that's but, all
1: good control. Yes. It?
0: Oh, that's all good. Exactly. So that's why when something comes along that like, like, Covid, for example, or Hurricane Ida, or the Great Depression, when something comes along that that pulls the rug out of our control, I, I guess it, it's it's understandable why we 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 resist, right? Mm-hmm. Because it makes us feel out of control.
1: Did you ever hear the saying, "What you resist persists"?
0: <gasps> so you get a you get a you get one of these. Okay. Right Every time, that's what I'll do, because you know I can't resist clunking this, and and I'm sorry, but every time you come up with a gem, you're going to get a little... A little Unfortunately,
1: trembling. you just said you can't resist clunking it, and the saying is, like, you resist persists, so we're in well, for a treat.
0: May I persist here? <laughs> let's, let's first take a look at one of the most profound prayers. Uh, it's called the Serenity Prayer. Most people have heard of it. But it is such a profound statement, and let's use that as kind of a mantra today. The serenity prayer is, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. It's, it's all right there, and if we start with the word serenity, I think, I think serenity to me means acceptance, to accept what is inevitable. But what's, what I like about the word accept is it, it suggests a calmness, a non-emotional state. Mm. So in order to really accept something as horrific as Ida or COVID, we have to kind of get out of our emotional reaction and recognize the inevitability of, well, what does resistance do? If we if we say no 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 I don't want there to be a hurricane and I don't want there to be a devastation to the you know what does that do what does it do to resist what is right I mean right you,
1: it's like futile yeah.
0: there's
1: no yeah it's just it, it, and it and it actually I think exacerbates the emotion of feeling out of control or the anxiety that makes it yeah, exactly. worse because the more you think about it the bigger it, it gets
0: yeah exactly and you know it's it's a it's a form of denial that we don't want to accept that we don't want to surrender uh, and it's often childlike you know you' stamping your feet no, 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 I don't want to have to do zoom. I don't want there to be a virus. I mean that's magical thinking.
1: yeah, and the truth is that if we are able to surrender to a situation and not need it to be different in that moment, just allow for it to be as it is. A lot of times you wind up finding, maybe not solace, but perhaps like silver linings in that situation that if you were fighting against it, you never would have found. So part of surrendering is also noticing like what, you know, it's not as I expected or it's not what I wanted, but what do I have now? And what is this opportunity allowing for me to, to notice or, or to learn?
0: Well, okay, so so that's the constructive part. What what can I learn from this? But but I think it's in, important to recognize that that you know our, our nature to control, kind of sets us up to not want to have to yield to to that which is inevitable, and and so we find ourselves in this kind of crazy vortex of saying no to what is. I mean, it, it, that's just you know it's it's ludicrous. I mean, saying no to what is, I mean, how can you deny the reality that exists in front of you? But that's what we do when we refuse to surrender. Even though one may know the reality of something, it doesn't prevent us from ruminating, lamenting, stressing ourselves, digging a deeper hole of depression. It's just hard to accept the reality. Mm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And in situations like that, you know, how do you surrender to what is? I don't know. That's no. that's hard.
0: We need to give up that personal control in order to get to personal peace. i sure. give myself a...
1: That's pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> you. you You deserve a time for that.
0: <laughs> we're talking about catastrophic events and we're talking about surrendering to that. But what about surrendering to the flow of life? surrendering to just the moment to moment and not, not kind of, you know, getting overly complected in our own thoughts, uh, worrying about tomorrow or what happened yesterday. What about surrendering to the moment? And I know this is a, an area of interest for you.
1: Yes, I love that you just brought that up. Because that, that is a practice. It's like you, you just surrender to each moment like you just said and it's not you don't have to worry about what's happening in the future because if you're actually just paying attention to this moment it's all manageable and life happens in this moment it's it's all there ever is so if you can handle this moment then that's all that matters
0: yeah because the future is really a mental construct in your mind in the moment right the future doesn't exist nor does the past and there is there is only the present but yet we don't for some reason now, and I think part of it is because, you know, our minds are not structured to, to not anticipate or to live totally in the present. I mean, if it were otherwise, don't you think everyone would just wind up being more in the here and now? Uh, it's, it's like none of us really wind up here unless we really work at it and practice it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, like I think our brains are constantly trying to protect and and keep us safe, which is why they're worrying about what might happen in the future and agonizing over what went wrong in the past. And that's, you know, creates sort of almost like a habit of thought, which is constant. But if you look at children, like you don't really see that as much. I mean, Mm -hmm. most kids I know, they're completely present when they're playing or doing Almost everything, and they have no concept of time. Uh, They live in the now, and you know, you tell a little kid you have two more minutes. That means absolutely nothing to them. Um, They're just fully alive in the moment, and same with animals too. So I almost feel like the natural instinct is to be present. Um, But as we go grow older, we lose that. I think so.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, the fact that we have to work at it. Now, and maybe maybe kids are, as you say, naturally in in the moment, and and I think to some large extent you are absolutely true, and I certainly suspect that animals are in the moment, or if not in the moment, they they probably have a fifteen-second attention span, but like me, <laughs> but 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 the thing is that if we are. More or less geared to handle life, the environment, the external, then then we have to be prepared on different levels. So I, I guess my contention is, and what I'm what I'm trying to say is that uh, we can never. Tell me if I'm wrong. We can never live our lives twenty four seven in the moment. I don't care if you go to the Himalayas and sit on the mountaintop and and meditate with the the head guru meditation person in the world, you'll never be able to just stay in the moment. Maybe when you're dead, but <laughs> short of that.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's impossible, I think, because there are too many triggers that bring us in one mm-hmm. direction or another. So it's that's why they call it a practice. It's a practice of uh-huh. mindfulness. And maybe it's
0: not important to to live every second in the moment. But but I think that the orienting path should be to try to keep coming back, you know, realizing the option of being more present. Because the reason I think it's a good path to be on is because I seriously don't think you could have anxiety and depression uh, if you are really truly rooted in the present. Because depression oftentimes includes a lot of retrospective guilt and bad feelings. And anxiety, of course, the projections into the future of things that will go awry. And both anxiety and depression are fed by habits of insecurity, the doubts, the fears, the negativity. So these are all concepts that we bring in to our pristine now and contaminate our mind with. So if if you really want to do something about feeling crummy and feeling emotionally distraught, Recognize that the more present you are, the more you're taking a stand against feeding the habits of anxiety and depression. And yes, I call them habits, habits that are either fed or starved. Our thoughts are what fuel and prolong and keep the uh, the anxiety and depression cycle going. So I think that the more that we you know, try to live our lives on that path of just being in the here and now, And dealing with life that's in front of us in the moment, what's around you right now? What are you experiencing? What do you hear? What do you see? Those are pristine experiences. They're not contaminated by past, future concerns, worries, doubts, fears, negativity.
1: Mm -hmm. True. And I think a common uh, rebuttal people have to the living in the moment, uh, you know, there's no anxiety, there's no depression, everything feels uh, you know, aligned and whatever, when you're in the present moment is that people are always saying like, well, what if my present moment contains a lot of pain or what if my present moment has suffering in it? You know, why would I want to be present for that? And I think the truth is that even if your present moment contains pain, there the story that we create around that pain is really what's causing the suffering. Like I think back to just as a literal example, like when my shoulder was dislocated and the pain was excruciating, but I could deal like I could deal with it. In the moment, it was the story in my head, which was how much longer do I have to deal with this? And, you know, are they going to be able to make this pain go away? Like all of these things sinking into the future that started to create like the anxiety behind the pain. Um, But the pain itself, like when I just sat with the actual pain and like breathed into it, it was very bearable. It was just the the thoughts, like the mind, fueled the pain, and I remember just having that experience and being like, "Wow, I get it now." You know, like I I could have sat moment by moment with that pain for a really long time, but in the context of what was happening, it felt like if I let myself think like how much longer, it was like I couldn't handle that.
0: Yeah, I I I really uh, uh, connect with that. I I I've I've often felt. And and I, I usually experiment with this, especially when I go to, you know, where? Where? Dentist.
1: Oh, dentist. Yeah. Got it. Uh,
0: especially when I'm, I'm in a situation that I would traditionally say would cause pain. Uh, I recognize that pain uh, has to be interpreted by the mind. And there are those that say that pain exists only in the mind. And if we divorce ourselves from the interpretation of that pain, which I think is what you're saying, uh, we can mitigate, if not really almost eliminate, the experience of that painful moment. Mm-hmm. So the mind, when it tenses, when it anticipates more pain or pain going on and not ending, you know, we are we are raising our anxiety, our stress, our tensiveness, and it's you know it's it's I think it's what you say. I think it's the our interpretation of things is so much more important sometimes, oftentimes, than reality. Yeah. Because, you know, reality, even, you know, even with COVID or, or with, with Hurricane Ida or different things, it's not the hurricane or the virus that brings us to our emotional knees. It's our interpretation of those cataclysmic events, how we process them, interpret them, react to them respond to them. So really, it's what goes on in our minds that really turn the circumstances into a tyrant, a bully, a catastrophe, whatever, whatever our minds want to wander into. So I think that the more you can neutralize handling life's difficulties by remembering to come back to that path. Remembering to surrender to what is, not to anticipate the next hurricane, although we've had three this year. So <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you get you get my point. Got it. Yeah. I agree. Oh you know what? I just noticed something. Um, the reason the reason it's painful to resist what is. See, so because what is is, and it's not going to change. Uh, the fact that uh, someone may have uh, an injury that that takes away a limb, for example, a horrible accident. Uh, that is a situation that no matter how, how much you are in denial, or how much you, you are in defiance of what's happened, the mind has to either reconcile and come to grips with that and surrender, or to go on in a state of resistance. So what happens in a state of resistance well just do me a favor and everyone listening to this can do it just just make a fist right now a very tight fist and hold it and hold it and hold it and feel the stress of that pain maybe pain but the stress of the muscles and now just let that go and it's a moment of release it's a moment of relief and and that's what what happens when we surrender Uh, When we resist, we're clenching that fist of life, and we're forcing ourselves to to really increase the level of tensiveness, of stress, of stress chemicals, and it's like the fist, and we're doing it to ourselves, and all you have to do is just open your hand, just let it go. So learning to let go and accept what is, maybe that's a better way of saying it, Mm.
1: Yeah, Eckhart Tolle has a quote that I love that says, accept each moment as if you had chosen it. And I love that because no matter what's happening, you can remind yourself of that and see how it shifts your perspective. Like, what if I had chosen this exactly the way it is to teach me something or to help me realize something or to whatever way you can sort of rephrase that, it could actually change the entire experience.
0: So we're not just talking about uh, cataclysmic events, we're talking about flowing with life. and I, I, I like that as a as a way to we all have struggles. So in life, when we are trying to just flow along with our lives, we have to realize that part of our struggle follows us, like baggage of valise. And just like when I said make a fist and release, it, you know the baggage is the same kind of concept. We carry around the baggage uh, you know of our emotional, you know hurts and pains and struggles and anticipations. And, and we just have to let that go. So, so I think it's so important to, to recognize that surrendering in a positive sense means surrendering also to the thoughts that plague us, to, to surrender to just letting them go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so rather than clinging to them as, a, as an attempt to try to control things, like the person I was saying that, that may have lost a limb, to surrender, to that reality is a way to reduce the stress. It's a way to find a way to adapt and to move on with life in a more more wholesome way. But to resist is is really just adding insult to injury. And it's it's going to, you know, whether it's a cataclysmic event, a, a loss of a limb, a loss of a job, whatever it might be, to continue to allow that to spin and ruminate, uh, we are in, in in a sense. Then we are preventing ourselves from having a life. It's true, right?
1: Very
0: wise, Father. Very wise. Yes, uh, you make me sound like Yoda. <laughs> but listen, I I know I know that you've probably been waiting most of the time since last week. Mm,
1: wise you are. Sorry, I practice my Yoda voice a lot, so I figured it was worth throwing in there. You
0: do that with the kids, don't you?
1: With ah, uh, how would Yoda answer that?
0: Well, don't don't you use your Yoda voice with the kid the kids at school? I do. I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure they must think, hmm, what's going on here? Who
1: is that crazy lady?
0: <laughs> but yeah. as, I, as I was saying before, you rudely interrupted me with your yoga voice, not yoga, <laughs> your Yoda. Yoda voice, was that I, I know since last week, it's been, it's been a whole week, and you're probably just dying to ask me what time it is.
1: I really am. I've been looking at the clock and wondering, Dad, what time is it?
0: It's self coaching. Come on, help me out. Self coaching pep talk
1: time.
0: Yay. Today's pep talk surrender versus control. Change happens to be an inexorable part of life. And yet, with change, we often feel hesitation, discomfort, even anxiety. And this is a form of mental resistance. Change and the need to adapt to change essentially makes us feel less in control or totally out of control. But once you embrace, adjust and surrender to life's inevitable demands for change, you immediately reduce here and now stress and friction. So how do you know when it's time to surrender? That's when you begin to realize that holding on and resisting hurts more than letting go. Adjusting to a new normal allows you to regain a sense of control rather than chaos in your life. So remember, it's never life that brings us to our knees. It's how we react and respond to life that does. So next time you must face an inevitable need to change some aspect of your life, be reminded the discomfort of surrender is temporary. The relief of adapting is permanent. Yeah, give yourself
1: a ring for that. <laughs> Wonderful.
0: Yeah, yeah, so I, you know I think it's important. I think that you know we we are the producers most times of our own chaos. I think that's an important point. I think that it it makes us feel less victimized. When we feel victimized and we feel the chaos owns us and what what's a guy to do? What's a girl to do? You know, this, this is a bad circumstance and I've got to be miserable. No, 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 no. We have choice. Always we have choice. Like you have a choice right now. You could walk out of this podcast. I
1: could.
0: You're actually thinking about that.
1: Uh, not really. I just was, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a possibility.
0: And it's causing that much friction and stress right now for you? Oh my gosh. No, I didn't, no, no. I didn't realize.
1: I will never abandon you.
0: Well, so you say, but <laughs> we shall see. So we want to trade resistance for acceptance. Can we do that? Yeah. Make that our mantra.
1: Let's do it.
0: Trade resistance for What did I say? I'm going to see if you're listening.
1: Trade resistance for acceptance.
0: Very good. So you're not sleeping over there. No. Okay. So I'm going to accept. I'm going to go forward with, with my life starting today. Okay. And actually, I'm not going to even project that forward. I'm going to start right now. This moment.
1: It's all there ever is.
0: I'm just going to let let this podcast flow into oblivion. And I'm just going to sit here and see where it goes. And if it it goes, it goes. If it doesn't, you know, I'm just going to be stupid. (laughs) All right. And whether or not, you know, whether we like it or not, people, you know, change is going to happen. It's, It's just part of life. And the greater that resistance, the greater the pain. So I guess what we're really after today is you know, reducing pain and friction in our lives by living in a bigger kind of reality, a reality that doesn't attempt to deny or refute to defy what is. Because the only thing that really matters is you know, how we handle and adjust and adapt to what is. To resist it, to turn away from it, to deny it, eh, it's, a, it's a prescription for struggle. Hmm. hmm.
1: Yes, agreed.
0: So Lauren, I just before we hang up, I just wanted to say today was your first day of school. Back to school, right?
1: Back to school.
0: How did it feel? Do the kids all have little masks on and stuff?
1: hmm Yeah. Yeah. It was really nice to be back. Felt
0: mm-hmm. good. Isn't it I know it's a little off tangent, but isn't it kind of difficult not to see facial expression? Yes, <laughs>
1: it's also extremely hard to teach without having facial expressions. Yeah. But you you kind of adapt, just like everything else.
0: Yeah, you do. But but there's a loss. There's a loss, right? I mean, you adapt, mm-hmm. but you, uh, you you can only go so far. And the adaptation—it's like Zoom. I mean, Zoom is an adequate facsimile of reality, but there there, there are some things that are lost in, in the translation.
1: Yes, agreed. Definitely.
0: Do, do the kids, what was the youngest class you taught today?
1: Uh, first grade. Uh, yeah,
0: first grade. Do, do Have they acclimated to just leaving the masks on? Do you see them fighting that or having yeah. trouble?
1: No, they don't seem to have any issues at all. I feel like adults have more issues than kids from what I've seen. Hmm. I don't know how that's true, but that's what I noticed. Well, the, you know, fine. I, I, I did
0: my doctoral dissertation on... Um, Facial expression, and you know there there are a lot of universals, and I, I was able to demonstrate the pan cultural aspect of emotions, the universality of recognizing emotions. You know, it's innate. It's in it's in all of us. We all we all can relate to various facial expressions: anger, sadness, happiness, joy, and and when the cues aren't there, you know, it's got to be kind of a a, a kind of fractured. Experience of relating, so I, you know, I'm. It saddens me to think that that we we kind of have. But here we go. This is what we're talking about today. I, I have to surrender. I can't. By being saddened, I'm saying no, no, no. I don't want it. And what is is, and and it is it is what exists right now. And I guess it's okay to say it's a sad state of affairs. But as long as I don't try to change it and say I wish it were otherwise. Right. Well, yeah, I don't, don't even know if that, would that be bad to wish it were otherwise. <laughs> let me let me undermine our whole conversation today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think you could wish it were otherwise as long as you don't spend time, you know, fixating on it.
0: it takes us out as it of it. It is the, as it is. Doesn't that take us out of the, you know, present? Yep. Well, did you just say it is what it is, or it ain't what it ain't?
1: I said it is what it is, and you said it ain't what it ain't.
0: Okay. So I guess you're just very eager to take off. I know you're, you've got many a mile to travel before you sleep.
1: <laughs> I'm not
0: eager. Yes, you are. I can tell. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, listen, if I had just taught my first day of class, I would, I would be wanting to go out and celebrate a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. No time for celebrating over here. Maybe tomorrow.
0: Okay. I'm, I'm surprised you still have any energy left for this podcast. Out of teaching is is not an easy thing, and so anyway, uh, do you have any? And I know I ask you this, but I figured one of these days, do you have any closing remarks?
1: I'm just going to repeat Eckhart's quote, which is, "Accept each moment as if you have chosen it, and see how that shifts your perspective."
0: Yeah, kind of. So it's sad. that's. I'm I'm glad you repeated that because I don't remember you said it before. <laughs> But if you did say it, (laughs) uh, to accept each moment as if you have chosen it. How does that play out? (laughs) I'm a little confused. So if someone comes up to me in the street and says something nasty to me, so how do I accept that as if I've chosen that?
1: It's almost like that experience appeared for... A reason maybe to oh. allow you to notice that you have patience or to let you practice standing up for yourself or you know, whatever way you can spin it.
0: Oh, that's that's it, and that makes perfect sense now. See, I'm so glad I asked you to uh, elaborate that because every experience offers us a kernel of truth and understanding that we can infuse into our own lives. Very, very good. Lauren, you get what you get. When you, hang on.
1: Thank you very
0: good okay and I have no closing remarks you know to just try to find life more in the moment I think that's a a better prescription for trying to find a whole and significant life is to practice really trying to be more present so I'm going to try that I'm going to just always remind myself especially when I drift away and we all have worry thoughts you know we all come back to things that pull us away from the moment so that's not unusual. Don't get uh, upset if that happens to you. Uh, it's 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 normal. It's part of our evolutionary adaptational mechanism that keeps us safe. But but when we find ourselves drifting and ruminating and going further and further down those negative pathways, pull pull back, come back. What's going on around me? Take a deep breath and Lauren, just before you hang up on us, uh, you you would talking recently to me about the deep breathing right the, the, the deep belly breathing diaphragmatic breathing is a you, yeah. you did, remember you said you didn't realize that you can do that to, oh you,
1: yes yes yes
0: so that's one way it's, to to root yourself in the present right
1: i didn't realize how quickly your nervous system shifts to the parasympathetic that's all It it only takes like a you know i don't know half a minute to a minute and all of a sudden your whole nervous system shifts
0: and, and when you say the deep breathing, you're referring to just
1: deep. It's breathing. like, typically, if you notice where your breath is, it's almost always coming from your chest. Mm-hmm. It's like from your lung area. But if you can breathe from your belly, that and you have to just kind of like use your consciousness to notice where the air is going, but you can direct it down to your belly and out through your nose and okay. through your nose, out through your nose, but all the way down
0: it changes. I have, I have, I have uh, something that could be very helpful for someone who, who maybe struggles with what you just said. And because we don't usually think about our breathing down focusing on the belly, put your hand on your belly. Think of a balloon. Make your belly, as you inhale, feel the balloon expanding, but feel your hand on your belly being pushed out. And then as you exhale, feel the balloon deflating and feel actually feel your hand going in. So that's one way to get more in touch with the belly breathing, as I might call it. Yeah,
1: good suggestion.
0: Thank you. Very kind of you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that's it. And then I just, you know, I don't want to cut you short. So if you have anything else you want to yammer about.
1: Nope, I'm all good.
0: Okay, so uh, visit our website, selfcoaching.net, where you can learn more about our self-coaching philosophy. And at some point, I might even be selling Himalayan singing bowls, and Lauren and I are going to go in the business of actually making these. I don't know how they do it, but I know they're handmade. So visit our website, and, and while you're there, check out my number one bestselling book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle is not an option. And by definition, victims are powerless, and you're not powerless. Remember, everything is hard until you make it simple. So join Lauren, the woman who surrenders to every moment, and me, every week, and let's make it simple together. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart.